This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi everyone, it's Alice Cash, your host of Weekly Woman. I'm so excited for this week's show. As you know, it's Mother's Day week and we're celebrating all month long, talking with mothers about their lives and experiences, especially through the pandemic. Fun fact, the oldest word that can still be understood today is ma, which makes complete sense. Who doesn't love their mom? And thank you, Radiolab, for the awesome fact. When we come back, we'll be chatting with my mom about her life. First, we have to give it up for our sponsor, Jubilance for PMS, the only supplement on the market to help relieve your emotional PMS symptoms. This supplement is produced by a woman-run company and is the only clinically tried supplement on the market for the emotional side of PMS. Just think if you could stop all the stressing and those anxieties that accompany PMS. It's totally possible with a supplement you take once a day. Learn more if Jubilance is right for you at jubilance.com. As you know, it's May, and May is the month for mothers because Mother's Day is happening. So I thought it was only fitting that I joined my own mother on this podcast today, and I'm talking to her about her life, about raising three girls, which is crazy, and and um, her founding of Jubilance. So I'm so excited to get to talk to her today. So hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, Alice. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> okay, you're you're a mom of three girls, one of whom is me, who is your favorite, of course. <laughs> what was it like having three girls? Well, I still have three girls, but definitely um, it's been a lot of fun. It's very dramatic. Um, there's always something going on. All three of you are very uh, creative and um, adventurous. And um, so sometimes it can be tiring <laughs> because I'm trying to keep up with you, but um, it's actually, it's been a joy. What's your favorite experience you've had? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, your birth, because we definitely, um, we didn't know, I know it sounds crazy, but we didn't find out ahead of time, even though I had like ultrasounds and they could tell you the birth of your child uh, or the sex of your child, but um, your dad and I waited until you were born and found out, you know, healthy baby and a, a girl. So, which was perfect. And then by the time we got to Gretchen, the third one, it was just like, yay. It was a, a relief to know that she was a girl because I already knew what to do. I already had everything. And then I think it's just like those little moments of everything that you um, do, like your first steps. And then of course that first step across, you know, uh, the stage at, for a high school diploma or your college or watching you direct a play or your sisters play um, volleyball or soccer. Just everything was, um, it's just been fun. Can't, I can't really say that anything would be like that one moment because those moments are still going on right now. You know, it's just like, it's all fun just watching you grow as a woman. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay, and so what are you up to this week for Mother's Day? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably we'll go on a bike ride. Um, your dad, as you know, um, Alan and I always ride bikes every weekend. Um, it's our, we've always ridden bikes since we dated and um, it's just a fun way for us to get out and explore and 
So it was perfect during the pandemic too, a perfect way to social distance. And we're not like, uh, we, we like flat rides. We like riding around neighborhoods, looking at houses and, and uh, flowers. I like looking at gardens. So just, uh, just probably easy. Yeah, and you've been a lot in quarantine. Um, can you talk a little bit about your pandemic experience? What have you been up to in it? Well, first of all, it started with you. <laughs> you know, um, you're, you were in the epicenter in New York City as well as your younger sister Gretchen. And um, so um, of course you became very ill. So that kind of set the stage as far as, um, you know, our, our um, it was just, overwhelming to learn that you were so sick and not be able to go to you and help you. So um, I think because of that, we we're all really careful. And because Gretchen came then and flew home from New York City, and she actually hasn't even been back to work. So um, I mean, she works, but she works from here in San Diego. And she her office has been closed since March um, last year, 2020. So um, you know, that's, that's hard for a 24 year old woman to, you know, be living at home with her parents who socially distant. I know a lot of you out there too, you know, our listeners are, are the same, you know, that it's been a, that was a tough year. So, but what did I do during the pandemic? <laughs> um, I, I did hang out with them, our daughters. So Gretchen was here and then Samantha, our middle daughter uh, came home. She played volleyball in Europe and um, she's a professional ball player. And so um, she came home, but then she left again and you're in Switzerland opened back up. So, um, and now she's back again. <laughs> so her life kind of just went on while we just still seem like stay here. So Gretchen and I, and you Alice came here for a little while. We um, made uh, candles. I've made soap, which was a disaster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our soap was so gross it was like black yeah we're not good at it um and even though I keep trying it keeps it's it, I'm just it, I'm a soap failure um I pressed flowers I made a victory garden I I fertilized my garden I pruned my roses I <laughs> fertilized my roses um I planted a lot of seeds and um yeah, just mostly try to be outside and we're fortunate because we live in San Diego so we can be outside about 90% of the time. So that was good. And, and on top of it, even with all the bad of the pandemic and um, I was able to be around all of you as adults and, and it was fun because your dad and I got to spend a lot of time with each of you and um, you came home for a little while and to having three adult daughters in the house it was a little drama dramatic, but it was a lot of fun. And who gets to do that when you're um, our age, having your adult daughters move or adult children move back home for a little while? I mean, uh, that was a blessing in disguise. That's very nice. I'm glad you think of it like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, because all the people, I mean, there's so much going on with COVID, and and we were very lucky though that we could all be together and and. Um, yeah, I think it helped to have, be able to be together and do all these projects together, <laughs> make soap. Yeah. And who would believe me if I told them that my soap turned black? And, you know, at least you know, <laughs> you, you were witness to it. It was terrible. 
Yeah, it, it really was. But what's not terrible are your roses. My mom is a rosarian. Can you explain what that is? And what <clears throat> Well, basically, it just means that I have a, a fondness for roses and like to grow them. So, um, but um, yeah, so I actually got into the roses when, um, this is a good question, when you all, when Gretchen went away to college and I was an empty nester and we were just starting jubilance and um I was sad and um you know trying to fill my time with work and um and then um we went to the state fair Alan and I and um there was some we always like to go to the rose show and so we we're looking at all the flowers and there was a man there that was trying soliciting memberships and so we said, um, my husband said, Kathy, you should join this. And it was like $5 to join the San Diego Rose Society. So I joined and um, I went to the meeting and, and they talk, they have speakers that talk about how to grow your roses or how to grow dirt. And since I was a new member, I had to stand up and introduce myself. And they said, well, how many roses do you have? And I think I had like three bushes. And I found out that People there have hundreds, hundreds of flowers. Like one woman has 800 rose bushes and they know the names to all their roses. But the interesting thing is that they're all really very kind. And, and I would even suggest to your listeners that if you can get into a garden group or through Facebook there's the, or through um, your local parks and rec department or something, there's so many um, people that do gardening and they're usually very nice because they love to share their knowledge and they love to share um, their bounty, you know? So um, yeah, so anyway, and there's all different types of roses. So the ones you go in your backyard are different than the ones you can buy in a store and or have delivered to your table or, or your, your desk. So um, uh, it's just fun. What are some of the names of the roses? That's been really fun. I like to make up names because my mom will say, what is this rose? And then I'll make up the name of the rose, like snakes root on a rooftop. <laughs> okay, so good question, Alice. So I, I have definitely gone for my three rose fishes in the last three years and um, um, Alan gave me some roses and um, that I put in the ground and I learned from my rose society that you put little signs um, next to your roses so you can remember what they are and I do quiz but when I make a cutting so okay I'll, I will quiz each of my daughters and my husband as to what the names of the roses are but it helps me to remember too so but let's see, I've got Neil Diamond, I've got Charlotte, I've got um, Barbara Streisand, um, Passion, Falling in Love. Those are pink. I like pink. Um, I, and one of them I got for free, you know, because either maybe someone was moving. It's because I joined this, this Rose Society and they put out a post and said, I'm moving if you want to come dig up my roses. And so... I got secret because um, I went to dig it up. And um, yeah, so that's why I said, if you can join a group and find people there, they're willing to share. You don't have to buy them all. I think my favorite ones that you have are mustard. What is it? Ketchup, Ketchup and, mustard. and mustard. Yes. So that one red is and yellow. red and yellow. <laughs> or the one that's like butter. And what's that's that? Julia Child. And it's, so it's a light yellow, just like butter. 
Yeah. So I think that's so funny. And so I like to make up the names like Tangerine in the Moonlight. <laughs> that like, one is Brandy. <laughs> Brandy. <laughs> Managing my stress levels. I take on way too much. I do way too many things. And every year I tell myself I'm going to do less and less. I always seem to not meet that goal every year. I've removed no stress from my life. There is um, too much to do. If you're also trying to remove stress from your life, the only thing that has helped me immensely, more than anything, has been Jubilance. Uh, this PMS supplement <laughs> is a lifesaver, and most of the stress that I have to deal with is on my period, and it helps me keep my cool, find my peace, and deal with my stress and manage it better. But now that I have jubilance to help me with all this stress, I was able to get everything I need to get done. I am not overwhelmed and I can finally put this all away and just enjoy what 2021 has to bring. Um, I think one of my favorite like stories that you have that you would like tell us um, when we went to bed was the one about <laughs> uh, your time in the Girl Scouts. Um, can you... Can you share that story, Mom? Which story? <laughs> the one about the snake. I knew you were going to ask that one. Okay, so um, it was 1980. So, um, you know, and I think I worked at, at, on Waterfront at this Girl Scout camp. And um, it was for, I think, 58 days straight. So imagine a summer. It's an entire summer. Living in a camp, it was over 100 degrees. So it's super hot. So at night, that what would happen is that snakes would come down to cool off um, on the rocks, or they'd get into the latrines where the girls have to go to the bathroom, or on the path walking to the latrines. So the ranger for our, um, our camp and our camp director suggested that the waterfront, because we lived in a separate location by the pool and tents, and we didn't have a responsibility of campers that we would go out at night and hunt for the snakes in the campgrounds <laughs> to keep them away from the children, the campers. So, so I don't know why, but you know, it's a hundred degrees plus a tent. There's nothing else to do at night. So we took this as a badge, you know, of honor and um, we made snake sticks which were limbs from the trees. And then, um, so we cut them at the, at the bottom. So it was a long limb. And then you had like the fork, right? You know, where the, the branch came together, two branches came together, cut it there. And then you could, I peeled off the bark and um, then I, you could, um, you could pin the snake. It was a copperhead. I don't know if I said the copperhead. Yeah, which is business. Yeah. So that's why we had to get rid of them. I don't know what they do with them now, you know, that's, you know, they may not hunt snakes anymore, I don't know, but anyway, excuse me, but anyway, so you pin the snake behind the head, but I never chopped off a head, I just pinned them, but uh, I was like the number one pinner for the snake pinner for um, the Girl Scout camp in that summer. Oh, is still on the wall somewhere for the most pins. Like, I, don't, I have no idea how many. But interesting fact is that um, we would take the, the, the girls that worked in the kitchen, the young, they were like 14, 15 years old with us and they would carry the bucket in the axe. 
So they had to do the dirty work. And then the snakes would go back to the kitchen. There's, you know, dead snakes in the, and then the cook supposedly, she pinned them and like would put the skin out on a, on a box and pin it so it could dry in the sun. And then you could put the skin around your hat. Well, <laughs> the rumor was, you know, don't eat the meat <laughs> because you don't know if you're getting snake or not since the cook was in charge of all of that. <laughs> I love that story. It's just so absurd. It is. And, and I mean, I was 20. So would I do that now? No. <laughs> yeah, would you make a 14-year-old child? The way to tell a poisonous snake is the, the poisonous snakes have a, have a triangle type head. So if you look for a poison, a poison snake, whereas like the good garden snakes, snakes for your garden are, are just long and thin, you know, just all one length. So, so, you know, for the summer, if it gets really hot and you see a snake. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Can you tell me what's bringing you joy? What brings you joy? Well, of course you, Alice, and uh, I, <laughs> All, all of you girls, my daughters and my husband, and of course my whole family, especially during the pandemic, you know, all friends, I read a lot of friends. And, um, you know, on a business side, jubilance, because we are definitely making a difference in so many women's lives. So, I, you know, I enjoy um, that I get emails, especially when I open them in the morning. You know, some aren't happy. <laughs> It doesn't work for everybody, but, you know, so we, we do read um, a lot that are like, you know, happy. So in the professional side, you know, it's good to know that you're making a difference in people's lives as well. So I guess um, work and, and my family, that's what makes me, brings me joy. Great. Um, can you tell me a story about your favorite travel experience? Ooh, I have been very lucky to travel a lot of different places. So um, it's hard. I, I think it's kind of like my flowers. It's hard to say which one is my exact favorite because they're all different and they're all different in each point in your life. Um, I would say a couple of them, if I can, uh, Kyoto. Um, I traveled there with your dad um, because he was working in Tokyo and I uh, got to go and tag along as, you know, on a business trip. And then we went to Kyoto and on a train and it was just really special because I think I was probably in my 40s and you girls were young. And so it was like one of the first times we got away without you, you all since you were little and I, um, my mom came to stay with you. And it's just a really magical place. We rode bicycles um, along the path of philosophy, which is where all the temples are. And it was, you know, like getting lost on this like magical place that's not like anywhere else I'd ever been in the world and with my husband so it was really special and then um, probably a family trip would be um, um, Machu Picchu you know um, because we and I never dreamed in my life that I would go there first of all and then we we hiked the Inca Trail and it's just incredible and the, the beauty of that land, the people, they're just so nice. And um, yeah, I cried when we made it through the sun gate, which is where you go, you crawl. I basically crawled up the steps. Everyone else I think could walk up. But by that time I was like crawling. The, steeps were, the steps, as I recall, were really, really steep. And we got to the very top and then you go through this gate and you're, you can see uh, Machu Picchu. 
So I remember that I cried there. It was it was very magical. It was magical. That was just amazing. We don't go on vacations to really rest. I think we we go for adventure. <laughs> yeah, which I like. <laughs> you've had so many different jobs. Can you tell me about the craziest one you've had? Oh, gosh. Maybe a snake pinner, but <laughs> yeah, that wasn't really a job. That was just volunteering. That was philanthropy. Uh, <laughs> um. Let's see. I have worked a lot of crazy jobs. Like I started working when I was 14, like washing dishes at my church um, on, um, but that wouldn't be the craziest. That was a good way to get extra desserts. And um, I um, worked at like, uh, like at the mall when I was a teenager. So that's a perfect job, you know, just like all the teen movies, everybody wants to work in a mall. Um, but I think that probably the the funniest job I ever had was that same summer, 1980, when I worked at the Girl Scout camp. I didn't really make very much money at the camp, but it was fun and a good way to get a tan before I went back to college. So it, I, um, when I came back, I needed to make more money. So I had about four weeks before school started back up. And um, so I had arranged to lifeguard, continue to lifeguard, work at a grocery store, and then I waitress. I had three different jobs going on. And the waitressing job was at a smorgasbord. So if anyone has never been a waitress, I encourage you all to do it at least once in your life because it will change your view on any restaurant, first of all, and, and how to treat your waiters and wait, wait, wait staff. But anyway, this was a smorgasbord. And on Wednesday nights, they had all you can eat crab leg night. <laughs> so there were people that would come like right when we opened the doors at like five o'clock and they brought their own crackers <laughs> to break the shell of the crab legs. So we, the wake staff, we called them the crackers. And so you would try to bribe your, the hostess not to put a cracker in your station because if you got them, they didn't leave for like hours, they would sit there until almost we closed eating crab legs because it was all you could eat. So they go to the smorgasbord and they go through the, the buffet and they'd get their crab legs and they'd bring them back to the table. And then we had to put a plastic bucket on the table for them to put the shells into. And then we'd have to empty that. So anyway, it's like, I didn't make, if it got a cracker in your station, you didn't get very many tips, so you didn't want to have them. And I still, to this day, do not want to open a crab leg. <laughs> I like crab meat, but I don't want to see the legs. I don't want to see the shell. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that well, was crazy. Yeah. And now you have a completely different job now. So you founded Jubilance. This is a family-run business. Um, partially because I had the worst PMS and was like a horrible human when that would happen with my terrible mood swings. But can you talk a little bit about founding Jubilance? Yeah, so I came to it in a, like a roundabout way. I was in pharmaceutical sales after college. And then um, Alan started uh, um, a nutritional supplement business, my husband. And um, he had, we have had great success, like 5 million doses worldwide um, with uh, oxaloacetate and we market it as Benagene and it's marketed mostly through, through doctors. 
And so we went to a lot of conferences and doctors uh, would come to talk to psychologists on the phone all the time, placing orders and they use it for their patients. So for uh, uh, anti-aging and glucose support. So we started to hear from these physicians and the medical community that they were using it for uh, women that had PMS like that were sad or, or irritable or anxious, et cetera. So um, we kept, I heard this, you know, I'd answer the phone and I'd hear them telling me this story or their nurses telling me the stories. And so having three daughters and um, having, and being a woman and having had um, PMS growing up and, um, and knowing, you know, I said, this is something we need to look into to my husband. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then he, you know, and then he being a father of three girls, he, he, he really did take it seriously. And so we decided to, um, you know, put some more word out there to our doctors, find out what they thought about it, get a little more feedback from other physicians that weren't using it. They started using it. And so we decided, okay, let's figure this out. And so we uh, invested in a clinical trial and um, we had um, women that that took the um, do you, you know they had it was a, we call it, they call it the gold standard in the business. So it was a double blind, which means that um, the person that is receiving the product, the test product, they don't know if it's placebo or if it is the actual product. And you might be familiar with this because of the vaccine trials that were done for the COVID um, vaccines. And some people got placebo and some people got the actual, uh, you know, product. So we did that and then we crossed it over. So that meant that then they went from the, if they had the placebo, then they went to the test product. If they had the test product, they went to the placebo product. So it was a crossover. Well, the women that, and family members that they could figure out that so we knew it might be successful trial because we started. I was the customer service rep, so I'd get phone calls and I didn't know what they were on, but I got phone calls from like a spouse, um, someone's mother's partner, saying, "I think she's on the test product, and we don't want her to cross over." So you know, and she she might call me and say, "I'm going to drop out," but if, if they drop out, then that would mean like because they wanted to stay on the product they were on. And they was like, we want to just buy it. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 you got to, I don't know what you're on, you need to finish, you know. So anyway, we did get them to complete the trial. And it was back in 2016 too. So I don't know, like if you remember, but that was back when um, it was the election and it was Hillary and Trump. And, and no matter what side of the, the political fence you were on, it was a tough time to be a woman, I think, because th there was a lot of like just, bantering about women and women voting, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that we got huge, significant um, re results and so, or great, great results. So then we thought, mm, you know, let's do it again. Let's be sure. So we did it again and the, the results came back again. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's very exciting because, I mean, it did make a huge difference in people's lives and it's continuing to. So, um, that's why it's an exciting, and that's why it brings me joy. You asked me that question earlier, you know, that I know that, um, and like I said, it doesn't work for everyone, and 80% of, um, of the women, it does. So 
you know, and, and for that 20% that it doesn't, you know, I, I hope you're watching Weekly Women or reading the, our Jubilee or blog or something, because, you know, we're still, we're still here for you. So, um, yeah. And I think that's, what's exciting about the company and why I personally wanted to join it was because, um, it's about helping women and helping others and like opening the conversation of this taboo of menstruation. Um, <laughs> yeah, like we ever thought this is like what I'd be doing. When... Yeah, were we gonna ever talk about this before? In fact, I don't think I've ever asked you, what is your first period story? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, now I work for a period company. So I have to talk to, oh my gosh. Okay. So I am a child of the sixties and my, you know, so I probably, I think I had my period like when I was 13. So, you know, 1973 or 74, my mom never talked to me about it. I mean, never, never think of your grandma. So <laughs> She gave me a book. It was like a little pamphlet. She said, all the Girl Scouts are reading this. You know, I was like a cadet. You know? So I did Girl Scouts all the way through and high school and everything. So anyway, she said, all the Girl Scouts are reading this. I'm like, okay. You know, I looked at it. I was like, gross. You know, I'm not going to read this. I tossed it aside. And then, of course, you know, you get your period. You think you're dying because you have no idea what's going on. And you don't, none of your friends, none of my friends would ever talk about it because like, you know, no one talked about it, period. You just didn't talk about it. And um, yeah, so then I told my mom and she gave me this like huge, um, like pads there, um, you know, they were like Kotex and they came in a big purple box and they're probably like, uh, seemed like 12 inches long and six inches high. <laughs> were horrible and you had to put them on with a belt you had to like <gasps> stick it together and yeah it was it was awful that's horrible oh my yeah, god if we go back like i don't know why i'm thinking of it but if we go back to the girl scout camp we actually they, these things were so big that we wrapped them around law or like limbs and uh, dipped them in kerosene and used them as a torch for campfires <laughs> so bad yeah and then they with the new products like stay free and you're so lucky now because you know i remember stay free came out and had like the little adhesive tape you know that was a big deal and then um of course you know they did have tampons i think finally one of my friends told me about tampons you know these horrible huge cardboard applicators but then um but now i mean now you have period panties and you have cups and you have um you know organic tampons and they'll deliver them right to your door so no one knows so you know it's just like and pms relief it's crazy yeah and, and that and this is just people talk about it's yeah. an open yeah, it's open subject yeah which which has really just started to happen as a, like an open subject because i didn't talk about it when i was growing up which i'm 30 we did old. i did try to talk to you about it because i didn't want to be like my mom yeah but i got really stressed and wouldn't want to talk about it be like stop <laughs> but i did try yeah you did <laughs> um what is your definition of womanhood Ooh, and um, i know you ask this every week and i should have a really good answer but <laughs> i would just say strong women are strong we are strong and we're strong independently and we're stronger when we're together, you know, we, and when we all, you know, work together, be friends and, um, you know, help each other out. It's been a tough year. So, or, and, um, but I, I think women are strong. So that would be my definition. 
stay strong. <laughs> That's great. Um, Mom, do you have any tips or tricks for our listeners just finishing off? Well, I would say, first I want to say um, happy Mother's Day to everybody. And, you know, um, you may not be a mother, but you're a sister or you obviously have a mother you, or maybe you have an aunt or, or someone that you, or a neighbor that you care about, you know, just, I think as women that we all just reach out to each other and um, stay, you know, stay caring and loving to one another. Um, and then shovel prune. <laughs> and what that means is in my garden, if a plant isn't doing well, you know, and I try, get rid of it, <laughs> throw it away, start over. Um, so that's for the garden. Now in life, you can't really do that, but you can try. I mean, I know it's hard out there, but you know, if, if you're not happy with your job, maybe you can take a class that would make you happy that could maybe get you the job you want. Or if you can't change careers, you know, volunteer somewhere or reach out to a neighbor, do something that makes you feel good and that could do good in your community. Yay. Thank you so much, mom. You're welcome. It was fun. Love you. Love you. <laughs>